Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. But I'm excited to be here this morning. Um, I'll tell you very quickly, just a little bit about myself in, in case you don't know me. Uh, I'm the oldest of five, so my four siblings are here. Uh, I've been at this church for 16 years, long time, 16-ish. Um, went to Bible college through this church when I was 16 in Australia, which is still crazy that my mom let me do that. The older I get, the crazier it is. Um, and I, I work in the film industry, and I'm currently on staff at Awaken, um, managing the, the film department there, which is a huge honor. And uh, I'm originally from South San Diego. Um, and I moved up to the promised land of Carlsbad in 2020. And I'm never going back. Sorry, Mom. Uh, so if you know of any houses for sale in the area, please send them to my dad so they can get up here. Uh, but before I start, I'm just going to open us up in prayer. So Father God, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for another day of life, another uh, day of being in your presence. Lord, speak through me this morning. Lord, let us all uh, have fresh revelation together in your presence. Amen. 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 We are in our Freedom Series, Freedom Series, which is very cool. And uh, I didn't really think this word that I have was a freedom word. I really felt God put it on my heart specifically about six months ago, which I thought was really weird because I don't preach. Never been asked to do a full message, but I felt God gave me a word. I was like, okay, you know, maybe they'll hit me up in youth or something. I don't know, something will happen. Uh, and they didn't and nothing, but I, I felt this word on my heart and it kept coming up uh, in my prayer time and all these sorts of things. So I started to develop this word. And kind of press into it, and okay, God, what are you really trying to say through this? And then as soon as I did that, uh, Pastor Sam asked me to preach, and I was like, oh, okay. And um, just, it, I found it was interesting that uh, it wasn't until I began to develop the word he had given me that the opportunity to speak it came about. Because God gives seed to the sower, right? I could have sat on this thing and be like, well, when, I, when they ask me, then, you know, I'll lean in and I'll really dive into this thing. But it wasn't until I took the first step that then God said, okay, now that you've been faithful with what I gave you in the secret, then I'll give you an opportunity. That's not really related to the message, but that, one, that one's free. A little side note. Um, but since I was asked to preach this message... Uh, and I say ask. Ask is kind of a loose term. I asked Pastor Sam if I could think about it, and he kind of said no. So since I was let know that I would be speaking this Sunday, uh, life's been just insane ever since I said yes to this. I mean, work's been crazy, 60, 70-hour weeks for past month or so, just nonstop insanity. And, you know, I thought, oh, it's the devil. 
devil's trying to get me to say no. Because realistically, like, every opportunity to say no has come up, or every excuse to, to not be here. And uh, as I was kind of, you know, in my prayer time fighting, like, thank you, God, you know, rebuking the devil for being so busy and trying to get me to back down this word, um, the Lord kind of revealed to me that it's not necessarily that the devil's fighting this word, which he is, um, but it's more so that God was trying to position me in a place to where um, for this to happen, it would have to be him speaking. Right, be, he wanted me to be an empty vessel to be to come where he needs. I need him to speak through me this morning for this to happen, because I I got very little left in the tank, right? And so that's how I know that this word is divine and from God, because uh, without him I would not be delivering it this morning. Uh, it's just God, Emma, and golf keeping me alive right now. Uh, but I'm very excited and, you know, I've never, I've never preached a full message before. And I always used to find, uh, I was a little uncertain about preaching because I felt like I didn't have a, like a really sick testimony. I never had like a, like a prodigal son moment where I disappeared for two years and went off the rails and then came back and. Uh, not to say that I haven't messed up a lot. I definitely have. You can ask my parents. Um, they will tell you all about it, I'm sure. But um, in reality, I, I know one thing. I know what it's like to be in this church. I know what it's like to be here. I know what it's like to experience his presence. I know what it's like to see signs and wonders and miracles. I know what it's like to experience his faithfulness. I know what it's like to, to kind of grow in your Christian journey. But I also know what it's like to be in this church every single week and not feel a thing. To feel like God's not speaking. To feel like he's moved on from you. To feel like, you know, you're, you're almost caught in this void of you've seen his goodness. You know it's real. You've seen miracles. And then it felt like one day you showed up and there was nothing, nothing left. And it feels like you're just kind of floating, searching for that initial feeling. Searching for that, uh, that fire that seems to have grown dim or even gone out. And so today, I want us to help, I want to help us find freedom from that void and to avoid that void from taking over our lives in the future. So, title of my message today is Escape the Void. All right, I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh... So before I go, and I've, I've really broken this down into just three steps. I'm a pretty simple, methodical person when it comes to my thinking. Um, but I need us to understand two things before we go into this. The first one is God is always speaking. We need to know that before we go on this journey of escaping the void. God is always speaking. Well, some of you might be thinking right now, well, I don't hear him. Well, sometimes... 
when my wife says things, I don't hear her. That doesn't mean she didn't say them. And that excuse doesn't really work with her, and I don't think it works with God. Just because we don't hear him does not mean he is not speaking. How do we know that he is always speaking? Well, we know that because in Genesis, it says that, and he said, let there be light. Everything began with his word. So we know he spoke originally. Well, how do we know he's still speaking? Because in Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 3, out of the ESV, it says, He, he being Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Everything began with God speaking and everything is upheld by his word. He is still speaking constantly. It is just up to us to be in a position to listen to him. And we're going to go into that. But just know that he is always speaking. Number two is, uh, and I can't even take credit for this. This was taught to me by one of our youth leaders in, in youth. I mean, this was probably close to 10 years ago, and I never forgot it. It's that either God says, is who he says he is, or he's not. Either his promises are true, or they're not. There's no in-between. If God says he's going to bless you, he either is or he's not. There's no, oh, well, he'll, like, give you a light blessing. There's no in-between with God. Either he is who he says he is or he's not. Numbers 23, 19, in case you don't believe me, I'm backing it up with his word. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? He's good on his word. So once we understand those two things, that God's always speaking and that he either is who he says he is or he's not, which, spoiler alert, he is, um, we can then move into this little three-step process. Uh, the first one is step number one, be quick to repentance. And I do apologize. This is a sinner's only message this morning. So Paul or Nelia and Pastor Jesse, you guys, sorry, can go home. Probably Jimmy Lick too, honestly. Uh, but for the rest of us, for the rest of us, we all sin and fall short, but can we be quick to repent? And I, don't, and I think some of us can make repentance a bigger deal than it really is, or, you know, make it seem like this foreign thing. It's apologizing. It's, it's coming into God's presence and saying, I'm sorry that I fell short. I repent. I I'm sorry. Will you forgive me, Lord, for what I've done, what I've said, the way I treated that person, right? Can we be quick to do that? If any of you are married, you've probably had, the, the guys specifically, a lot of practice apologizing. I've apologized more in the last two years than I think my whole life. And, it's, and I still probably don't do it enough. But I'm learning, and it's helping in my walk with Jesus, Praise God. Uh, 
and you know, I love, I love the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, and I didn't give the guys this. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, it just hit me this morning. So it says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Forgive us our debts. Um, this is not, it's not daily salvation we have to ask for, right? Not because we fall short in sin, we have to get resaved daily. That was, that was given to us when we accepted Jesus into our hearts, right? And we have that gift. But uh, that, that part of the prayer that's repentance is, is a prayer uh, uh, for restoration of personal fellowship with God when sin has gotten in the way. We're asking God, we're repenting so that that personal relationship can be mended. It's not about, it's not a religious act of, oh God, I'm so not worthy and please find it in your goodness to forgive me and all these things. It's not, it's not about that. It's, it's, we're doing this to position ourselves in a way where we can hear him. Thank you. Uh, and so I've, I've really worked on the habit of repenting as often as possible and repenting daily and just saying, you know, God, forgive me for all these different things. And it's, um, it's really something that I've, I just asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, point things out when, when there's something in the way, when I've sinned and I don't even know I've sinned just in the way that I talked about somebody or in the way that I didn't do something or in the way that I was disobedient. Can you convict me in that? And, and bring me to repentance so I can bring myself to repentance. And if you haven't been baptized, I mean, that is, that's, that's a sign of repentance, right? Shout out to my dad for reminding me of that a couple weeks ago. Wise man. Um, and here's how I like to think about it when it comes to a personal one-on-one relationship with God. Let's say you have a spouse and you go several days or even weeks without talking to them. And then one morning when you wake up early or it's a little bit more convenient, you sit down to talk to them and expect to have this amazing conversation with them. It's not. That is correct. But how many of us treat our relationship with God like that? I know I have. I know I have. And I thank God that he has more grace than maybe my spouse does, but when I, and, and look, it's, this is, there's no condemnation in that. We all fall short. We all go through things, and it gets difficult, and I, and I totally get that. But when that happens, I sit down, and I say, God, I'm sorry for neglecting our relationship. I'm sorry for not giving you the time that you deserve. I'm sorry for not being in your presence. Forgive me, Lord. Speak to me this morning. Right? And it positions me in a way where I can begin to then hear his voice. We're not perfect, but we need, we need to repent when we haven't made our relationship with him a priority. And there's no shame and condemnation in that. So after repentance, um, 
Step two, I guess, is uh, seek him. Oh, nice. I like that. But like we kind of touched on earlier, God's word created us and it will sustain us. And in that statement, there's two things that we need to know. Number one is that we need to be in his word daily. There's no excuse. There's no shortcut. There's no life hack to get out of that. And then the second thing is that none of us are perfect. See, the key to to this message is, is, like I said, it's a cycle. It's a process. And you only lose if you give up. You'll find yourself constantly in this thing because we're constantly going to mess up. We're humans. The goal is to, over time, mess up less and less and less, of course. Um, but you can't lose unless you give up. And I, I just made the decision that if God didn't give up on me, then I'm not going to give up on him. I'm going to keep going through the process of him working on my heart. I'm going to keep going to that place where I repent. And I say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I'm here. Lord, I'm here, use me. Lord, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Thank you, God, for what the work you're doing in me. Thank you, God, for the things that you're shifting in my life. Thank you for uh, the way that you're shaping me and molding me. And when we begin to seek him, we need to seek him because we need to know his word. If we know his word, then we know what he's saying. Right? And if we know what he's saying, it's a lot easier to act out of faith than fear. It's very easy to be taken over by fear when you don't know God's word. Very easy. And it's very very hard to trust somebody when you don't know them on a personal level. Right? And, you know, if my parents... Invite me over for dinner. I'm not worried about if they're actually going to make dinner. Or what it's going to be. Because I know it's just going to be great. And I just got to go. But if one of you that I don't know invites me over for dinner. I might get a little stressed. Especially if you're cooking and you're white. No offense to you. I just don't know. There's a lot of variables there. There's a lot of variables there. It's nothing personal. But there, there's no trust there. I don't, <laughs> Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone. To be fair, when Jimmy and me invited me over for dinner, it was great. So I'll give him that. Uh, but why do, why do I trust my parents when it comes to, well, pretty much anything? It's because I know them. I have a personal relationship w- with them, right? There's no doubt there. If we know God's word, if we have a personal relationship with God's word, it becomes a lot easier to trust him, right? It's a lot easier to not be anxious. If he said he's going to give you that dream home, it's a lot easier to believe that and, and p- press into that when you have a personal relationship with him. If you got a one-off word and you haven't spoken to him in six months, that one-off word becomes a little iffy in your mind. 
And again, there's no, there's, no, there's no shame, there's no condemnation, but repent and begin to seek him so that you can press into that word, receive that word. A meaningful, deep relationship with God needs to be built on trust. And look, I've never personally been an anxious person. Anxiety, not a thing for me. And as most of you can probably tell, I've been hitting the gym. Yes, I know you're all wondering it. And I was, I was at the gym uh, probably a week ago. And I'm at the gym, and I'm like, oh, I should try some of this pre-workout. And following this pre-workout, I had, of course, the sickest pump ever. It was great. Followed by a full-blown panic attack. And it's, yeah, it's very funny to you, I'm sure. But as someone who has never had anxiety ever in his entire life, I, I, I thought I was going to die, legitimately. I didn't know what else to do. I had never experienced anything like it. And it was like a very evil thing in my brain. Uh... It was, it was terrible. And so after I had, you know, come off of it or whatever you do from a panic attack, uh, I was like, I realized like I, I never, through these like, the, whatever you call the feeling, it never once occurred to me to pray. It never once occurred to me to press into God. I, it could not even cross my mind. I said, Lord, why? Is that because because I'm pretty good about you know if I feel fear you know pray and all that kind of stuff, but it did not even cross my mind once. I just sat in it. I said, Lord, what was that? And He revealed to me the spirit of anxiety in a way I'd never seen before because I'd never experienced it. But it is it, it torments you, it locks you up, and it's it, He revealed it to me as a thief. Its only purpose is to steal your peace, to steal your joy, to rob you. And he also then revealed to me, but when, when you serve the Prince of Peace, then he slaughters anxiety at his feet, right? He begins that, that nothing, nothing, nothing can stand against him. No anxiety, no fear, no torment. Nothing can rob you of your peace when you serve the Prince of Peace. And so, you know, God began to show me that anxiety is, it, it be, can exist to its full power and extent when you do not know his word and when you do not know him. Knowing him is the only way to drive it out because you have something to stand on. But if you don't know his word, you have nothing to stand on and it can completely take hold of you. But if I know the word says that I'm above and not beneath, that, I, that, that, that I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out, I'm the head and not the tail, then I can stand on that word and say, no, I know my God. I know he has good plans. I know that he is the prince of peace. I know that he's, he goes before me. I, Lord, I know that his favor surrounds me like a shield and I can stand on that word. But without that relationship, 
you, you just can't. Trust in anxiety, trust in God is what drives out anxiety. But we can't trust what we don't know, so study his word, right? And point number three is to seek growth. Pursue growth is what I meant. And I personally like to think that if you're not growing, you're dying. God has called us all to be on an upward trajectory. We never make it, but we're designed to always be growing. And if you don't believe me, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. We're designed to be moving from glory to glory. We're designed to be constantly moving forward, constantly experiencing God in a new way, constantly being uh, our assignments, purpose, our purpose in this life, God continually reveals new parts of that to us. You know, I thought, you might think you know your assignment, your purpose in life right now, and you, you might, but we never know the full extent, right? As we get to know God more, as we begin to sharpen our skills here on this planet and learn more and grow closer to him, then God will reveal a new thing that's still in alignment. It's just, it might be different than what you thought. I didn't think I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. But there's, but God is on it. And when God's on it, you, you take the step, right? You trust him. And it's easier, again, to trust him when you know him. And I'm just here to encourage us this morning to make knowing him a priority. Because like I said, I know what it's like to have seen his goodness and have known him. And then, again, you show up one day on a Sunday, and you don't feel anything anymore. But I'm here to encourage us that there's a way out of that, and there's a way to prevent that from happening ever again. But we need to be willing to grow. Because the plateau is where that complacency, we begin to step in. And God's trying to lead you and reveal himself in a greater way to you. But you don't, maybe don't want to give up a certain thing. You don't want to change a certain habit. And so then that feeling, that void creeps in. And so if we need to be willing to grow to avoid that from happening. And the truth is that with growth comes growing pains. And the growing pains, you know, can take form in a variety of ways. Offense, frustration, you know, not being recognized for your talents. We have incredible leaders in this church who love you enough to tell you when you need to grow up 
in a certain area or stop doing certain things or start doing certain things. And if we can be willing to take that, that criticism, that constructive criticism, that feedback, and allow them to be used by God to shape our lives, then we can begin to grow. And let me just encourage you that there's no place, if you're going through growing pains, there's no better place to be in pain than the house of God. It's like if I was to break a bone, I'd want it to just be in the hospital. Because the solution for my problem is right there. If I'm going to struggle, if I'm going to get offended, if I'm going to be in pain, if I'm going to go through something difficult, I want it to be in the house of God because I know that the solution to that problem is right here. I know that his goodness, his presence can be found here. I know that wisdom and good counsel can be found here. It's like when, you know, if I was, when I was little, if I was to get sick, I wanted it to be at grandma's house, right? With just some, there's no, nothing better than just getting sick with some cartoons and some albondigas. Most of you have no idea what I just said. But they're great. Uh, but you're going to go through pain. You're going to go through growth. Let it be in the house of God. Let it be around people who love you, who want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be, the version that you don't even see yet. The amount of people in this church who have seen, who see this version of me now that five, ten years ago I could never see and that see a different version of me now that I still can't see but continue to call it out Continue to push me towards that. There's no better place than the house of God. And so this morning, I wanna I wanna pray for us. And I want to pray for two groups of people. Uh, the first group are those that have never received Jesus, who have never walked with him, who have never even experienced the goodness that I've been talking about, his peace, his love, his joy. Or maybe you have and you, you've walked away and you want to rededicate this morning. That's the first group of people I want to pray for. And the second group is those that find themselves in that void that you've been coming because you know God's here, because you hear of all the miracles, you hear of people getting dream homes, you hear of people getting healed, you hear people getting their lives transformed, and so you keep showing up in hope that he'll do it for you and it doesn't feel like he ever will, and you're caught in that void, I want to pray for that group of people this morning as well. And so with every uh, head bowed and every eye closed, if 
you're part of the first group and you wanna accept Jesus into your heart for the first time and invite him to, invite the Prince of Peace in to drive out all anxiety, all fear and replace it with joy and hope. On the count of three, would you raise your hand this morning? One, he loves you. Two, he's been waiting for you. Three, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then for the second group, You know, if you, if you feel like you've been caught in that void and you're tired of it and you're ready to begin this process of repenting and seeking him and growing, um, I'd actually like to invite the ministry team to, to come up and, and we'd, love to, we'd love to pray for you this morning to help you get started on that process of, of healing, of growth, um, and to really encourage you along the way because... This is something that's happened to me not, not once, but multiple times over the years in different lengths, periods of time. And, uh, and I've still not found another solution other than Jesus to fill that void. And he'll do it. He'll do it over and over as many times as you need because he loves you and he is desperate for a relationship with you. So if you're part of the second group, you can go ahead and make your way down here. We'd love to pray for you. Um, and help you through that this morning. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.